What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Maxim Allen. You know me. You hear me all the time. Uh, today is June 13th, 2021. Uh, I want to remind you guys that it would be great if you all left five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts for the show. If you do so, DM me a screenshot of your review and send me your address, and I'll send you some free stickers to promote. Uh, I always appreciate you guys listening. I love you so much. Uh, In my own world, I did uh, my first 15-minute spot at a comedy show, and I murdered. So big week for me. Uh, But guys, this week, I am very excited about our guests. They have a fantastic new show on YouTube. Please welcome the hosts of the show called Framed with Frida and Evelyn. Frida and Evelyn. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you for inviting us. Thank yeah, you so thank much. you. So, in a nutshell, what is what is this show framed? Who's gonna go first? You. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go first. <laughs> so it started Frida. off. It started off with us having conversations about art history and finding out how themes and dynamics happening in the 1500s were successfully, if you want to use that word, transported into the present. Okay. So we were like, we need to frame. All of this, mm-hmm. we it, it was very it was a very broad meaning of frame. Number one, we have been framed. We feel framed. Yeah. <laughs> we were framed into a narrative narrative that might not be the best for us as human mm-hmm. beings. And then it's about right. And then it's the um, it's like playing with words. So frame is what's inside the painting. It's not the golden, beautiful golden frame. It's what's right. inside. It's the context. So, so Evelyn frames the time period and i frame evelyn as she frames the time period so it's a it's a frame journey that, that was the the inspiration for for the show okay so in a nutshell it's a it's like an art history youtube series comedy some... we're trying to expand it so yeah comedy and art history it's the the main thing okay great that's awesome and how's it been going so far so far, it's been very exciting. We have three episodes out. We are recording some variety episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we are watching some famous TV shows like The Medici and The Borgias, and we have an art historian <laughs> reacting to it, yeah. telling us what's accurate, what's not accurate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been a lot of we fun. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, we we for sure we have unfortunately have to cut <laughs> some very fun things out because we were trying to uh, no it's just like sometimes mm-hmm. we, we get carried away with Italian we 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 speak too much in we Italian. don't even have to prepare we come up like we're so spontaneous yeah. the two of us yeah. together is just I like mean a... you you do uh, an extensive amazing research and you need to take credit for that so oh, well. Credit I, li- where, I like to learn a lot. Yeah. Credit where credit's due. Doing a research-based show is a lot of work. So it's great it that you guys are having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And I watched, uh, I watched the first episode. I haven't caught up yet, but I, I absolutely loved it. You're, the first one is you're talking about witches yeah. and yeah. like where we get the iconography of like how witches look and where that originated from. And I was <laughs> like, I was so sucked in. I was so into <laughs> it. It's great. So where, where can everyone find your show? Um, a- anywhere at the real frame, we're we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on YouTube. Okay. So our handle is the real the real framed altogether, low caps, and they can find us like anywhere as long as they type that in. <laughs> okay, great, awesome. So I want to get back into the roots of all this now. Yeah. So Evelyn, mm-hmm. you are a PhD in art history. Yes. So how did this start? What what drew your what drew your attention to art and art history so much? Well, I've been trained in a very traditional conservative way in mm-hmm. Italy, but I always felt that 
my call was to make art history more available to people. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to break the barrier because usually what I teach, Renaissance and Baroque, is very much for sophisticated white people <laughs> or with money who can travel. And I've been working a lot since I came to the United States in museums. And my regular people who attended my tours were, on average, 60 years old, (laughs) doctors or lawyers or people, you know, again, not the people that I meant to entertain and involve. I started teaching and I realized the same thing, that sometimes I I cannot reach the goal of being... um, of having everybody loving mm-hmm. art history in a, in a very simple way, you know? Yeah. Because art history is fun and there is a lot of interesting facts that people should know because they're important for the way we live today. Yeah. And it's all, all about aesthetics. It's really mm-hmm. about human beings who create beautiful things for other human beings. Right. So when I met Alvise, he is like <laughs> a very sparkly, brilliant artist and... Um, and he was the one who told me, oh, you're a great storyteller. Why don't you have a YouTube channel? I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm not the kind of person, you know, again, I've been trained as an academic, Mm -hmm. so it's very difficult for me. It was difficult for me to conceive the idea of, I don't know, putting myself on a show and showing myself relax and yeah. Even if my teaching is like that, but yeah. you know, it's different. The classroom is my environment. Right. YouTube is not my environment. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> but he like had this brilliant idea. And then during COVID, we were like, okay, we're stuck home. <laughs> we're talking about a teaser four hours on the phone. So why not use it? Yeah. Because they're actually like, what we talk about are serious things, but in an entertaining way. Mm-hmm. So that everybody can learn something. Everybody can get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're getting also the knowledge that sometimes you need a lot of time to get, you know? Yeah, that's great. I think that, like, that, uh, like, I love it when experts in a field take what they know and digest it and, like, reframe it in, like, a fun, like, usable way for everybody. Like... Reframed it. Yeah, you framed it. Uh, (laughs) I really fell into that one there, didn't I? (laughs) So you were telling me before the show that you were actually Frida's instructor at college at... FIT, yes. right? I was his professor, yes. That's how I met Alvise. And then, uh, yes. It's okay. Just okay. Go. That's how I met him. It was in my Baroque class. Mm-hmm. And it was the um, Baroque class that I designed. And again, even in my department, they're very traditional about what you teach and how you have to teach it. And so I was trying to break barriers there too. Yeah. And my students at FIT are very they were very good in helping me doing that because they're very open-minded kids and right, very right. unusual students, let's mm-hmm. say. And so nothing. We started chit-chatting and we became friends and, you know, I really much esteem him. I think he's a great artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have this idea and we say, why not? And I always, honestly, my childhood dream was to do documentaries. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so I think that <laughs> Inside me, there is a, a show person. I like to be, uh, I'm not shy. Yeah. It's just like I needed some push and some, yeah. you know, I did not know how to do that. Right. You know? No, that's great. And I think uh, pairing up with someone who's into performing arts is like a great way to break into that, exactly. especially in the comedy sphere, because it's just like, Frida knows we will absolutely staple anything together and release it and be like, we have to make a show. Like, people just make anything. So it's great. I'd like you get to fulfill that documentary side of your personality where you're like, this is it, right? Let me ask you this. How so 
what how far into fit were you frida when you met evelyn like what what year were you um that's a good that's a good question i think it was either my uh my la- i think it was my last year probably my last year? last semester mm-hmm. it was yeah i, I just want to address that little tension when uh i, I am frida hi <laughs> uh when i met evelyn uh i met evelyn as alvisa that was my that was the name that i used mm-hmm. as, uh, that i that i still use um as a uh out of drag out of when i'm not doing entertainment so that that was the little tension but it's totally fine but i go by frida um what was the question okay <laughs> <laughs> so you got you met you met uh your senior year yeah and what, what was the course what was the course title baroque art baroque, baroque art. art so is that your like is that your focus or do you, are you more broad than that i'm more broad i'm from let's say late medieval times uh to baroque italian okay. mostly mm-hmm but I'm interested in also European, Western civilization in general. Okay. And very fun themes. Mm-hmm. My Baroque classes, especially now during COVID, have been very... Well, they fuel the theme of my uh, on our channel now because I try to explore art in a different way. Uh, dealing with themes that sometimes are difficult to discuss, like yeah. rape and violence. Okay, yeah. Love carnal love mm-hmm. religion but it's a in a very different way that you can think of <laughs> yeah that's great i think that that's so fun too i do you so <laughs> alvisa uh sorry uh, <laughs> frida it's okay it's not gonna be in the episode title <laughs> frida what do you did you have do you have a favorite era of art yourself i liked um before meeting evelyn what i was focusing on on my own was more the 19th and 20th century okay um so so i was intrigued by baroque they're just sorry there are i have so many things on top of my head (laughs) because as she's speaking i i'm i'm thinking about things and one funny story was actually the way i met evelyn Mm -hmm. speaking of uh destiny i think um, cause, um, her class was my last art history requirement at FIT. Okay. So before taking a class, I was already taking my last requirement and I was not doing so well in that class. And then at one point I took a, I took a fine, I think it was, no, it wasn't a fine. It was like a midterm and it was going really bad. And the main thing, uh, at FIT is that I never heard of the word, uh, pantyhose. Okay. 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 <laughs> so it was no way. I'm getting somewhere with this. So it was like a, it was like a costume design class. Not a costume design. It was uh, I forgot the name. It was about costumes in art history. Right. Right. And in everywhere in the midterm, I spelled it pantyhose. Oh. <laughs> and after I realized that I did that, I just refused to go back to class and I dropped out. Oh my god! I was doing bad already. Okay. But that was the final push. I'm like, I don't have the nerve to go back and look in the eye of the professor after writing ho everywhere <laughs> on my test. So I, I dropped out and I, and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you just dropped out. Because like, as an international student, you need to, keep, you need to like be good in school. Otherwise, they revoke right. your visa. So right, you know, right. it's really intense. Mm-hmm. So I, and then I ended up taking her class mm-hmm. because of this funny story. Otherwise, I would have taken that class and probably never met her. Wow. Baroque splendor. Baroque splendor. <laughs> it's re- oh, really, she talked about rape and someone might be like, rape? What? Art history? And I remember it was I was watching a webinar with her, mm-hmm. and she was addressing a wedding happening in Florence. I'm not sure what time. Maybe you can help me, Evelyn. Uh, but it was a wedding gift, and it was a chest, like a wooden chest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What? What is it represented on that wedding gift?" And she was like, "That's a scene of rape." And I was oh like, on a, "As a wedding gift?" And she was like, "Yeah, that rape culture has very deep roots, mm-hmm. and." 
it was way more normal back then than I mean that it is now. But um, yeah, like so this is this circles back to what I said before. There's a lot to understand that uh, then that explains what's happening nowadays. And um, we we just wrapped up the witches chapter. That was three episodes. Mm -hmm. And in the last, like for example, one thing is that witches were were represented with long flowing hair. Yeah. Um, because virgins were the only one allowed to have uh long hair. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as soon as you're not a virgin, you're supposed to keep it up. And still nowadays, old women feel like they need to have short hair or keep it up. If you think about it, when you see an old lady with long hair, they're like, oh, that looks wow. like a witch. I always just assumed that women grew up and were like, okay, this is actually annoying to take care no, of. And that's why like, <laughs> it's, there are so many things that are eradicated into our culture. Mm -hmm. But she also finds out about theories like the wandering womb or penis picking. So, which is <laughs> exactly what I said. And so that's what I love about Evelyn, mm -hmm. that she finds all these things. She literally Literally, she does like alternative research. Yeah. She reads for for the witches episode. She read a book from fourteen eighty seven. She read the entire book. So book. So she's oh really she's really dedicated. <laughs> wow. And she finds out these things. Would you rather know about the wandering womb or the penis speaking? <laughs> <laughs> Give me your favorite, Evelyn. <laughs> Maybe Eve oh, actually, Evelyn. I'm sorry. You should be. Which one is your favorite, Evelyn? Oh well, they. Um... I don't know, the wandering wombs is kind of interesting. Yes, this idea that every problem that women had was related to the fact they were insatiable about sex. You know, that was a skews. Yeah. They, yeah. Were, they thought the women have... Actually, this was the male point of view, of course. And, mm -hmm. But women were considered that they needed to be married and sexually satisfied in order not to have any disease or problem. And this... This kind of belief went up until 20th century. So yeah. it's pretty sad. That's like where the hysteria exactly. is. Yeah. Well, exactly. The belief itself was that the uterus was unattached inside the body and would wander inside the body. Mm -hmm. So if it's in your throat, you're coughing. If it's in your chest, you cannot breathe and you faint. That's why it was called wandering womb. And it was semen hungry. I mean, that's kind of like, well, <laughs> I mean, that depends. That depends. That's Fre very subjective. Frida learned the episode by heart, by the way. <laughs> I, well, Frida, uh, can, we, can we swear on this podcast? Yes, of course. Well, Frida fucking has to like listen to like three hours of taping and then making it 20 minutes. So Frida has to listen to things for like many times. But we, we became so good just to super pat ourselves in the shoulder because we would, st w our aim is to make an episode that's like 20 or 25 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. And the first time we taped like three hours and a half of material because this time we got it wrong we wanted to start again yeah so yeah and then it got to the point when it was like Evelyn because she would get she's a perfectionist right, I thought right. it was a perfectionist she is a perfectionist so if she speaks for 20 minutes and she gets the last word wrong she's like no 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 we have to start all over again oh my gosh <laughs> and then it started to get very aggressive about it no. uh, well, but that's now, the academic inside me sorry yeah. <laughs> now she loosened up too much so I have to yeah we have to go back and forth it, it takes time to figure out but you're gonna hate this because I don't cut anything from this show Just, this is a 90 minute straight shot oh, whatever wow. we say it's in there i don't 
but to your to your credit, because I do believe that you're an amazing interviewer, oh, thank is you. that you know what you're doing, you're in charge of it, you're like you know how much I digress. Yeah. Like I don't even yeah. know where I open like five parentheses for every for, for, for every answer. <laughs> so you're you have two guests, you're you're in, you know what's happening, you're very focused. You're an engineer an engineer, yeah, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, great. I'm not an engineer, I'm I'm a footwear designer, so like it's like <laughs> and it's, yeah. It's so, funny you say that because I've been hanging on to one joke for seven minutes and you're still closing closing parentheses <laughs> <laughs> well bottom line is that we're very chaotic so yeah. that's why we're it's that's not available to us we just tape 20 90 minutes and close it yeah like we have to go back and I, I think it's good i think you guys have like a good dynamic you have a very like it, it, when you watch the show it's very like readily accessible it's like okay we have someone who's very serious and very educated about this and someone who also has a good interest in it and like you guys bring like life in this good way when you guys speak italian i just love it like okay. when the subtitles pop oh, okay, up good. it's like oh feedback. this is fun we yeah. love feedback guys give us <laughs> feedback we, we're not too, too sensitive about that not at all actually but yeah like the the three hours of content down to 25 minutes is crazy i would i would be clearing out my schedule to doing to do that amount of work so. yeah, yeah well, I, I haven't been sleeping but uh but i love it quite, yeah fr- quite frankly i love it and mm-hmm. i would not be doing that by myself like evelyn it's really 50 and 50 credit mm-hmm. um because First of all, she is a teacher, so I feel like I'm. I have to turn the assignment in on time. Right, <laughs> I, I'm still feeling that. And that like that like partner accountability in a project is really yeah. strong. You know, I, I tend to be to fall too hard into my own feelings and get scared or. And she's very much like, bam, 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 bam. Like, no, yeah, no. Yeah, she's no, a professor. Bam, bam. <laughs> she's yeah, like, turn it in. I don't care. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I remember the day when I got my second dose uh, or my first dose, whatever. I was like, well, I don't think we can tape tomorrow because I'm probably going to be dead. And she was like, I'll make your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's great. Just show up. And I was like, okay. So, so you're, Evelyn, you do all the research for the, the show. And you also do the show. Do you do any of the post-editing or anything? Or is that all on Frida? No, it's all on Frida. I'm not, as I always say, when people, it's funny. When you say to most people that you're an art historian, they think you're an artist. Yeah. So they ask me, oh, what what do you do? What do you create? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reason why I study art history, because I love art, but I'm a terrible not creative person. Mm -hmm. No, I have no talent. I strongly disagree with that. Oh, well. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not. It, but, okay. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead. But anyway, no, no, he does everything. But I, if he spends a lot of time doing that, I spend most of my nights. I have two small children. I teach. I'm writing two books. <laughs> I have a husband, too, <laughs> I have to mention. <laughs> the poor guy who's locked in the bedroom every time we had to. <laughs> in the kitchen, yeah. Can we even take a shower or talk or do anything? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, it's a lot. So I, we both are putting a lot of blood and, and love into this because mm-hmm. our dream is that it was going to become a job one day. Right, right. time job. And it's our dream. So we're doing whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and really, it's not for money or for glamour, but just because both we have love what we do and we will really like people to get engaged and, and I don't know, learn about art. Mm-hmm. And well, not just go to museum. Museum was yeah. boring. Mm-hmm. Most exhibitions are boring. 
who has the time yeah. to go through a 300 pages catalog <laughs> or read a book front to back about any topic right right these days yeah exactly i think it's it's all about the digestible like bits you know i think that's it's like that's literally what this show is about is people who are doing things because they love to create it and not necessarily because it like makes them money right now, you know? So I, I love that mindset about it. Do you have any, uh, do you have any topics you're really excited to get going into in the show? Do you have a, do you have some ideas of what you want to do next or well, where it's we, headed? Yeah, I don't even know where, well, first we, I think we taped up to like the eighth or ninth episode. So some of the ones that I was looking for, Based on our schedule, are already taped. Like the fact David Secret revealed. Mm -hmm. Can I say a little something before? Yeah, <clears throat> in the middle of this answer, yeah. I just need to defend Evelyn from herself. I totally disagree that she is a not creative person. <laughs> it's just what she does is not graphic, but her logic and research is really creative. Because mm -hmm. she ju doesn't just like take one thing from the book and tells you the thing. She does a patchwork of information that she finds, and then she creates. Uh, like an in, like a logical journey yeah. jumping from information to information then she ties it back at the end and she gives you the conclusion mm -hmm. and so it's that's insanely creative it's just not something graphic Definitely. so you don't see it but that's very she's she's an artist as much as I am <laughs> thank you <laughs> number two yeah the show is totally 50-50 it's true that it, it's true mm. it's true that I do hours and hours and hours of editing, yeah. but she does hours and hours of research. When I show up to taping, yeah. I go through what we're going to talk about, but I don't know everything because I want my reaction to be genuine yeah. and yeah. not have to act it out. I feel that. So I totally know that. <laughs> so I'm more, you know, well, I have to do the makeup and the hair and everything else, but when I show up, is I don't have... Like, it's not that I have to be prepared. She, right. she has, she's more anxious about that because she has to be prepared. Yeah. And then I'm anxious when I don't sleep. Right. But that's totally fine. You, 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 you do the front end and you do the back end. It's yeah. kind of like a, yeah. That's Very, a great, yeah. like, split. And also, I, I totally know what you say about having the genuine reaction. I had uh, one of my guests on here, my good friend, Sasha Von D. We recorded an episode. Oh, yeah. And he, we talked about music, and he was like, oh, I thought we were going to get like into comedy in the second half, so I didn't go as into the music as I wanted to go, and like I kind of was oh, off pace. Okay. He was like, can I re-record? So he comes back over, and we tried to kind of re-record some of what no, we had, man. and I, it just wasn't... In, I like stopped it at like 30 minutes, and I was like, we got to do something else. I'll <laughs> give you another episode, but we cannot just like try again, because the, rea like, the flow and the reaction is not the same. So I think that, that's like so cool, and that's also yeah. like so fun too because you get to yeah. learn on the spot and like you get to present yeah. it and see it in the final format you like o also, that's wonderful yeah also as i say in the third hour she adds pieces so i don't mm. she sometimes she finds sometimes overnight between the night before the taping when i get the material and when we tape she finds new things and she adds them like the penis penis picking theory mm -hmm. so women were like picking penises from trees and putting no witches and then they were putting them in nests and feeding this was on a book printed and people would believe that <laughs> this book was the most sold book after the bible for 100 years correct yes and, yeah and wow. people were like okay so witches um get like rip off penises and then they put them on boxes yeah that's this is all true yeah, I mean, it's not true, but it was written. Um, so where can we find the penis trees, Evelyn? <laughs> where are they? You're she, the historian she here. She doesn't want to tell me. She wants to keep them for... For me, yeah, sure. I'm done with men. I have too many in my life. That's it. <laughs> I disassociate. 
<laughs> okay, so that somewhere exists a penis disposal where you can get rid of them too. <laughs> so uh, you, um, so yeah, you you've taped up to episode like eight or nine. You mentioned yeah, the um, the upcoming one I think is my because your question six minutes ago, sorry, <laughs> was what am I looking forward to? And honestly, I think it's the next one. The next one. It's called David's Secret Revealed. It's, it's going to mm-hmm. be out on Friday. That's when they discovered the statue of David and they were pulling, they were showing everyone his member, right? Is that what it was? No, no? but that's okay. very interesting to know that that's what you, no. That's what I thought. I, <laughs> no, David's Secret Re- Revealed, it's, well, Evelyn, maybe you want to mm, talk about Okay, this? well. Evelyn partied really, ho- partied really hard last night, so she's a little bit under the weather. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Instead, I don't want to reveal too much, but. Yeah. Oh, sure. um, a little sneak peek. No, it's about two very important biblical figures that are constantly represented in Renaissance mm-hmm. and Baroque art, which are David and Judith. Okay. Uh, two Jewish heroes. Uh, very different. Well, I mean, very different because it's a male and a female, but very complementary. Like the man is always kind of represented with very feminine. Yeah. And the woman very masculine. Okay. So that's what I was try- I'm trying to explain in the nice. episode. How in my idea... Even if gender were very much distinct in the Renaissance, there was the fluidity. In the real life, there's more. There was more fluidity between, right. you know, people. Especially because most artists, of course, were homosexual, mm-hmm. and a lot of men actually started their sexual life as with other men. But you know, sometimes you don't learn that much in your, in art history classes. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Who who are some like famous ones that the listeners would know that were gay that we might not know about? Oh well, <laughs> all of them. I don't <laughs> want to ruin his reputation, but <laughs> Lorenzo Magnifico, who was this hmm. very famous Medici person mm-hmm. who was renowned to have a you know a very popular mistress and whatever. Yeah, he also seems to have been some scholars. Uh, you know, I've revealed that uh, seems to have been very close to some of the intellectual that he was hosting in his house, especially this mm-hmm. poet called Angelo Poliziano. Mm-hmm. And this poet wrote very, like, um, interesting kind of poem to his patron. And so I assume that Lorenzo, like most of men at that time, you know, you could not sleep very easily with women because women have to keep their virginity mm-hmm. in order to be you know, able to marry. That was the requirement, especially at upper level class. I'm talking about upper level class. Yeah. But, you know, you have to experiment and learn about sexuality. So Mm -hmm. you did it with your peers. Interesting. Or with older men. And I think he was uh, one of them. And also his grandfather. uh, The same, you know. And I didn't Mm -hmm. know about that. Nobody ever... In normal artistry books, you really need to dig and find all these kind of articles that nobody reads and... Um, so you're really deep in in the research yes. yeah wow when there's some curiosity i'm like what i never heard of this let me let me <laughs> check where it's coming from and then it's also a way to give voice to all those scholars that people right will never pay attention to sometimes mm-hmm. you know because at the end we will put a bibliography so people can go and see what is interesting what is out there right so you know to learn more wow yeah it was way more common than people than people assumed and uh, she said in a very serious way, the at the core of the episode too, another part is that basically she opened the Bible, read a passage, and she was like, okay, this is gay. Close the Bible and said, okay, let's save this. Because <laughs> we got to a passage when we were like, this is, this is in the Bible. You can pick up your Bible, go where we tell you to go in the episode and read it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to read it in the episode too. And 
It's a love story between two men, and it's in the Bible. And we were very surprised that it was not taken out. Yeah. We were like, what? how did, did this make it into but the But it was Bible? not even promoted. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's not promoted. And she was like, I found this. And I was like, ah! <laughs> and, yeah, and then we came up with Well, that. actually, you need to learn about, they talk about that, but history. Uh, scholars, not art history, for example. Mm-hmm. So you have really to... Art history is a very difficult discipline. You need to learn about different fields, philosophy, history, theology. So you have to really right. learn about different kind of subjects if you really want to understand what was going on because right. uh, art history was just putting everything into a visual format, but everything was absorbed from other disciplines. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, because they like... Oftentimes, like much Renaissance art, they have like religion and science, and like there's exactly. like some political thing that's clearly happened. There's a lot of angles to it. But I was this this is something that I would do at my last job when I had like a lot of downtime, like <laughs> engineering. I'd run a simulation and sit there. I would always go to the I would w- go on Wikipedia and search the, whatever day it was, and then just read the things that happened on this day. And one of my favorite things about that was I would learn about all these weird battles and wars that took place I'd never heard about. And one like benefit of this is there's always paintings of them, which I thought was so fun because it's like, oh, I'm glad someone took the time to took dr- a picture to like paint this like depiction of this battle that happened like a thousand, twelve hundred years ago. And they're like, okay, what, what was going on? You know, but I always think that's so cool because there's so much art out there and like i'm like how would anyone know the context behind all of it you know i don't know it blows my mind how how much detail you can get into there you know that's such a nice thing to do you know look what do you what you do like seeing on this day what happened <laughs> yeah. actually i think three or four days ago was the anniversary of the salem witch trials oh really three or four days ago i think yeah because i texted evelyn i would texted evelyn i was like yeah look at this like <laughs> the timing is right yeah we tried to post during a full moon like we really wanted to <laughs> be respectful yeah also, it's, it's a mis- uh, misconception that women were burned witches were burned at the stake they were mostly hanged Mm. yeah that's you're true you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> but burning at the stake is so exciting <laughs> i know it's just and then how political it was too speaking of witches because it sounds like on the surface it is okay they were afraid of them right because they were witches so they could have harmed them so they were trying to get rid of them it was defense. right but then they would be like uh they were targeting um uh, women that were alone and maybe they owned a bunch of land and they wanted the right and mm-hmm uh, and back then it was death life uh, to Evelyn explained this to me life was way less meaningless mm-hmm. uh, for most people and they would just you know get rid of get rid of people like that yeah <laughs> we were talking about because um, you know they were doing political marriages so you mm-hmm. marry my, my daughter and now uh, and this is an alliance and whatsoever and then she was telling me she was telling me uh, we were watching the marriage of one of these famous women yeah from the past and then she was like, actually, then she remarried uh, three more times or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, wait, how did he do that? Like three divorces? And she's like, there was no divorce back then. They were yeah. just murdering them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Lucrezia Borgia. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought, I was funny, I recently learned this, that like, like uh, art from like the plague era in Europe is like, there's skeletons all over people and skeletons hanging out with people. And I was watching some video and they're like, yeah, people just died all the time. So like medieval people were yeah. just like accepting and okay yeah. with it. And that's why it's everywhere in the art. That will be one of our episodes actually mm-hmm. about the plague and yeah. also about memento moris, those kind of images. Mm-hmm. People needed to be reminded that their life was something else, meant something else because these Average span for people like uh, peasants was not even 30 years old. Right. So 
afterlife was very important and and you needed to be reminded that death was not the end mm-hmm. and so those images are actually positive in a way interesting that's really cool they were calling see momento mori by the way means remember you'll die that was the <laughs> yeah that was the concept behind yeah. the wow. plague which is everywhere in also uh in the witches you know the the plague they were, um, you know, the plague was was everywhere, and they were also blaming women because of that. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of, uh, you know, like they couldn't explain thunder, so they came up with Zeus. Yeah, and that's you know there was a mini high sage going on mm-hmm. when the witches hysteria became so the bad weather that they were blaming on women right. and the plague and a lot of famine wars. So it's there's a lot of politics into it and business. It's so fascinating. It's the same that happened recently, so I don't yeah. even need to mention when. <laughs> we needed we needed to use the word uh, coup. Uh, talking, I think we were watching uh, the Medici. No, maybe in no, the Borgias. In the Borgias. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you aggressively take over a government institution. Right. And I was like, coup, coup, coup. Where, where, where I, I recently learned that war. When was it? And then it was like, oh, January 6th, 2021. <laughs> That's yeah. when I learned the word. And I was yeah. like, cool, okay. What a fun be. time to learn a new word, yeah. too. <laughs> I mean, talk <laughs> about history that repeats itself. The witch hysteria started off with this book. Mm-hmm. With this book called The Maleos Maleficarum, The Hem- Hammer of Witches. And that was fake propaganda. Yeah. The information was twisted or invented. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to learn from history. Yeah. And we need to be more educated. And I don't mean in the sense of having many degrees. I mean learning, reading, being informed, mm-hmm. having an opinion. That's the reason why I teach. That's why I try to at least open the mind of the few people that <laughs> cross <Yeah>. my path. Because <laughs> really, this thing should not happen. Yeah. In my yeah. Opinion. No, I don't think uh, there's anything to be learned from history. I think we just should just go blind into the darkness <laughs> and keep doing the same things wrong over and over and over and over. <laughs> we can't. It's insane that those are the same dynamics. And I don't know, like in, ca- in the case of the witches, they were torturing these women for days or weeks. And eventually they would confess to crimes that they didn't even do. Right, just to right. Ha- have that to stop. And, and then they were like, see? I told you she was a witch. <laughs> and and those yeah. these confessions were in the book. So they were torturing women and then putting the confessions in the book. Oh wow. So it's it's insane. And when I found found when I found out about all of this, I was like, we we need to make a show and we need, <laughs> we need to we need to tell people we need to tell people what was happening because people don't know. Because mm-hmm. again, it's boring. Even though I brought up this idea to her, I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do a live framed with Frida and Evelyn mm-hmm. and do museum tour, tour tours with me and Evelyn. And we, you just come with us to a museum and we make it fun. Whoa, that would yeah. be super cool. Right. Also, I'll talk to you about this after we finish recording, but I do a live podcast show every Wednesday at oh. a venue. And like, I get new podcasts every week. So once you guys kind of get the ball rolling, it'd be cool to have you guys in to do a live one if you want. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I was gonna ask. So, how do you how do you select your topics? Are these like things that you, Evelyn, have like studied and like pondered on for years, and you're like, I gotta get this out? Or <laughs> that's a good question because if you will learn what I actually do for my research, is very different. Really, no, they come out from yeah, because my specialty is Venetian Renaissance, and it's very different. For example, now. I'm working on a book about relics, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very different. And how um, pilgrims that were going through Ven- from Venice to Jerusalem during mm-hmm. uh, medieval times or Renaissance right. would stop by in Venice to take the boat to Jerusalem and tour around all these churches and look at those relics. So I'm very fascinated by uh, pilgrimages and spirituality 
and objects that were meant to be considered kind of powerful and magic. Right, right. But the topics for um, for our um, YouTube channel come mostly from my class, okay. actually. I think about it, what is fun for mm. young people. And I always put myself in my students' shoes. They are like artists. So mm. what would be useful for them? Right, right. Uh, what would be interesting? What they can take away in this class? So mm. I try always to come up with some ideas. And then every time you do a class or you read something, other ideas come. Mm-hmm. So they're constantly like, it's they're fueling each other. and it's. I, I have no no problem coming up with new subjects. Oh, no. yeah. one, of the, awesome. one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to, but I haven't even thought about it yet, but it's like this episode that I want to entitle Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> 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 because Catholic religion lately has been very much under the, the spot because of pedophilia and, mm-hmm. and et cetera. So, and me being a Catholic, people always ask me, did, did anything happen to you? Some priest did something to you? And I'm like, no, necessarily all the priests are like that. <laughs> <laughs> but religion has become, you know, a very difficult field these days. Yeah. Any religion. So the episode, it's all about looking at Jesus as a cool person. Right, right. Because he was a great thinker, philosopher, breaker of the rules. Right, right. You know, people then they put him in, in a frame again and yeah. they kind of label him and they selected the episode and they selected the gospels and they invented stuff. Theologians right. of the past work a lot in doing that, mm-hmm. doing getting the message that they wanted. But in reality, he was very revolutionary. Right. So it's such a fascinating uh, figure. And he's not that often represented also. Right. That, I think that's so cool. That's such an interesting topic. Like, I grew up, like, loosely Catholic. Like, you know, church, like, like once or twice a month, whatever. And I kind of got out of it. I'm, like, not really Christian. I'm, like, kind of spiritual, whatever. But I always think about it is, like, Jesus. Sometimes, like, people make Jesus jokes or whatever. And it's, like, all in good fun. And I also think, like, like Jesus, like, the figure, like, what he represents is, like, hey, what if you were the coolest, nicest dude to ever exist? And that's, like, the whole thing. It's, like, oh, that's not that bad, actually. <laughs> what if we we're all cool and nice? And I always tell people, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure Jesus could have beat anyone at Frisbee golf. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, one thing that you, you mentioned, um, the study of relics in your work. I think mm-hmm. this is really interesting. So, when when is this time period? Is this... I, I'm I'm just asking this based on what I know here. Is this like pre-Martin Luther with the, these yes. things? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, they continue to be considered very important because even when Martin Luther... Well, they would use um, relics. Uh, let me give you a little background. So Martin Luther went against relics because the Catholic right. Church was using them for indulgences. Yes. Uh, like do you... If you give money to us and you pray our relic or whatever, right. we'll save you a spot in heaven and so mm-hmm. on. <laughs> so there was after uh, the, uh, the Luther reform, the Counter-Reformation organized by the Catholic Church. And one of the things that they defended with great strength was the relics. Really? Because for them, they consider them, it was, it's one of the main distinction between Catholic religion and Protestant religion. Those right. and images. Right. So art and relics, because they go side by side. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, every time you enter a church in Italy, uh, every painting is related to a saint or to a relic that is in the church. Right, right. So for the Catholic church, it was very important to build on that connection and continue to fuel. And so they, until to these days, they're important. 
And recently during the pandemic, I uh, was watching, I unfortunately as an Italian, I have the Rai International channel. <laughs> <laughs> so they were actually, um, the Pope was um, uh, showing to everybody uh, this um, like miracle working crucifix and praying in front of it. And uh, also they show the Shroud of Turin, mm-hmm. the, the one that they think it's the, the, the linen wrap in which uh, Jesus Christ was actually buried. They show it, they pray it. So even right. to this day, they were asking for a miracle. Isn't wow. that fascinating? So in the moment of despair, <laughs> people go back to believe to these objects. That's why I'm interested. Yeah. I don't believe they're historically accurate. Most of them are invented. I mean, there are right. so thousands of pieces of the cross. So there should be 10,000 crosses right, <laughs> around right. the world. <laughs> but I have an explanation. I read that people say, well, because the cross reproduces itself is magic. Okay. That was oh, the explanation okay. they were given because even in the past there were people like me like how many pieces there are they yeah. cannot be all real like one of your ancestors be like yeah. <laughs> but anyway they it's I'm fascinated by this object because they I think people human beings we need sometimes we're physical right right we need objects we need to touch right. something we need to visualize something that's why I love everything that it's like uh, objects art. Because it really makes you feel like um, it brings us back to our human dimension, you know? Right. Even in religion, you need that. Mm-hmm. That's so, so true. I feel like, and one thing that always got me about the relics, I'm sorry, we'll get back to you, Frida, in a little no, bit here. It's totally fine. <laughs> but one thing I always like found interesting about the relics is that, like, it's like, um, okay, the, in, in one of my on this day searches, I learned about a group called the Lollards in, mm-hmm. from Czechoslovakia or the Czech Republic or whatever it was way back in the day. So like this is like 12 or 1300s, but they had a revolt for the same reason that Martin Luther wrote his 95 thesis. Like it was, they were against like, they were like, okay, since priests can't marry, there's like, now we're having pedophiles come to the church. Also, you guys are worshiping like objects and relics and stuff. And it was like literally all the same things that Martin Luther said, like 100, 200 years later, or however long. And I, I always thought that was interesting. Oh, one of the things was, they were like, the way the priesthood conducts itself and the things we do and the rituals we do are not actually in the Bible. So it doesn't make sense to do them because it's not coming from the original source material. So I always thought about like relics and like this stuff and like the paintings, whatever that are like held in this regard and the saints. It's like, isn't this all like fan fiction onto like the original thing? I don't know. It's, it's so interesting. No, no, it's a it's a definitely an instrument that was built by the church. Right. When they first had their first martyrs, they thought, oh, what a great thing. We have bodies and we can use those bodies to spur the faith of people. So they will keep them and worship them. And oh, yeah, because they have like old kings and old popes like in their skeletons, right? No, 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 but saints. Like, they, and saints? They will recognize people that have... Saints are people that lived the life of Jesus very closely. Right. Very similar to him and were martyrized. They were basically murdered because of their belief. Mm-hmm. And this is the beginning of, um, of the the Christian era when there were still Roman emperors who were pagans. Mm-hmm. So these people were murdered and they would keep and worship these bodies. So they this started very early on. And I think it was something that the church realized that really brought people together. Yeah. You know? So they continue. And then you have no idea they were... In Venice, my book is about the fact that in Venice they stole relics they <laughs> from churches. Oh, Venetian wow. had a, a vast empire. They would go, I don't know, somewhere in the Mediterranean and take whatever they wanted. Uh, or they were sold or exchanged or uh, donated. So they were kind of a currency. Whoa. So it's fascinating. It's really... That's crazy. I want to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when it's done. <laughs> okay, I will. 
<laughs> so flipping this over now, Frida. Mm-hmm. So you, what what kind of art are you into? Because I know you were in an episode in the past where we talked about shoe and shoe yeah. design and yeah. fashion. Yeah. Do you, have you, since you've known Evelyn, have you incorporated some things you've learned from her into your own personal taste for art or fashion? Absolutely. Actually, I would, um, I took my class with Evelyn and then uh, for, until before the pandemic, I would ask her when she was having her class at FAT and I would sneak in and just sit in a class even though I wasn't registered Mm -hmm. for the class and, and draw. Okay. Listen to her talking, listen to her students who usually happen to be brilliant. No, I'm not talking about me. <laughs> no, 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 no. She really has. Um, I'm talking not about the class I was in. That would be uh, insanely like narcissistic. I'm talking about the classes that I went to after. Right, right. Because um, something else that she does that I love, and then we want to incorporate. We want to incorporate that in the show. Is that she gives like uh, artistic assignments, like come up with your own version of the memento mori, for example, mm. or something like that. She did something similar from the pandemic. And I've seen the works of these very creative people and they were astonishing. I remember one day a girl created a painting. It was about a women in power. Um, it was a women in power class. And, um, and, and she painted something from scratch and I drew a coat based on that. The colors, oh. the graphic, it was so beautiful. So wow. it's, it's very inspiring also it's fashion in, um, history. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a lot of costume design that went on mm-hmm. into portraits and still life and stuff like that. Okay, here's the joke I was been, I've been hanging on to okay. for 35 minutes, okay. all right? So <laughs> I asked what your favorite time of art was, Evelyn. You said Baroque. And I asked you, Frida, yeah. and you said something else. But I was going to say, I wouldn't know it based on your outfits that it's not Baroque because it's all <laughs> frilly and like flowy and poofy and stuff. <laughs> Got it out of my chest, out of my system. <laughs> The energy feels so much lighter now. Yeah, yeah. I just have to do it. So much better. It's like, oh. (laughs) Well, it was very. There's, there's definitely. um, Well, let's say that if my inspiration was broke, it would take a lot of money and craft and craft (laughs) into into getting there. That's also something else we we that we want to talk about. We 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 were talking about this insane similarity between what we do nowadays with Instagram right. and what they were doing back then with portraits. Okay, and, yeah. And Photoshop, for example. Well, for, back then, they would show their wealth based on how rich the fabric that they were wearing right. was. Mm-hmm. But not all the time they could afford that fabric. So they were getting swatches and asking the painter to paint that fabric on the dress that they were painting. Whoa. Talk about ancient Photoshop and showing off. Yeah, and then right. they would hang that and be like, <laughs> look on my dress, and it was fake. Whoa, that's yeah. and I didn't know that. I yeah. did I did know that they like change people's features sometimes. No, no, no. Remember, no. I think it was like one of the old queens of England. She had like red hair and really white skin, and the painter like painted her to look beautiful, but afterward he said to someone, he's like, She's the ugliest <laughs> woman I've ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> Well, that for sure. <laughs> so Evelyn, is there anything uh from Frida's art taste that you've taken and looked more into that you've been inspired by? Well, of course, my topics. I mean, it's living inspiration. Yeah. Look at the way he dresses. <laughs> Anti-conformist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's something that I wanted to tag along uh, along a question that, uh, that you answered before, is that where do we find inspiration? Definitely your classes, and but also what we think it's relevant socially in the moment and to us. Mm-hmm. We started off with the witches because we both are into witchcraft. We like the yeah. idea of it. <laughs> and we are both very bothered by uh, misogyny. Right. And we were, I, I mean, I experienced a, a, 
uh, a variation of it, being mm-hmm. a gay guy, and she's a she's a woman in a men's industry, art history, and so we both have we, we both felt that very close to us. So we wanted to talk about misogyny, and it, it a lot came from back then. And what we talk about in the episode is that because witches were not necessarily old ugly women before right. the Renaissance, that changed. It was mm-hmm. framed. So um, yeah, it was a weird time when we were where we went. Women were both celebrated mm-hmm. and then accused. They were taking too much power and they, they were afraid. Right, that's great. I think that's so cool to like dive into as a topic. Like it's just yeah. there's so like and the implications implications of it today. It's like obviously we're in the midst of like third wave feminism and this like revolution about it and stuff. But it's like how many of these have we had in the past and how many of them have gone like unspoken or like squandered by like popular media and what like people have done in this way like what you're talking about like depicting women as witches in art to kind of undercut them in society you know it's very cool very (laughs) cool it's very interesting (laughs) thank you yeah we're we're glad and we need to change that also Mm -hmm. equality in every sense equality spiritually gender-like and Mm -hmm. sexual i mean i really what we the bottom line message in our show in my opinion is that we're all the same yeah (laughs) it doesn't matter you know we all have the same fears and desires and that's what should bring us together as a society Mm -hmm. you know and all this kind of differences and things have been put into our brain by by political people by religious um important um, celebrities all the time and even even now you know it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We don't have to have these people dividing us. Yeah. Or instrumentalize mm-hmm. We are still used as instrument of these powerful people, and that has to stop. So that's mm-hmm. the bottom line message that I want to really bring up. And that's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> that's great. I, I was going to ask you this. Um, so when you're doing your research for these mm-hmm. things and you're looking back, is it? how do you find the truth of what happened when many of these artists are men or many of the work is con- like commissioned by wealthy people? Like, are, do you just like go through like a bunch of sources to like learn your facts or it has there been like prominent artists through history that have been like counterpoints to the mainstream that you look into? Like, how does this research process work? Well, it's always like a, that's the most difficult part. You always have to read everything and like, um, it's difficult because there's a lot that have been published, but you have to, as you know, there are even if there are many artists, there are a few that are always the most famous ones and the right. most well-studied ones. So I always start from those. And then you find always some avenues in between and things mm-hmm. that... Because uh, the more you read, and, you know, uh, academics and specialists are can be boring sometimes, but <laughs> sometimes they bring up very interesting things mm-hmm. that you haven't noticed before. And that's how, and then I start digging, you know, the more you read, the more you find something else in the bibliography and you go on and, and that's, uh, mm-hmm. you never know what is the actual truth. Uh, a lot has to do when, when you teach, you have to make choices. Right. Okay. So it's what also is true to me. Mm-hmm. I have, there is my point of view, of course. I try to bring facts, but then in the end, I read the facts in a certain way. So I provide a, um, a story. I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a way of reading things. And then people can go and look themselves. That's, that's the, fasc- the fascinating thing about art history. You never really, nobody is ever sure about anything. Even if you find a document that really says, oh, that person is that person. Yes. But as you said, uh, portraits are fake, that they are enhanced, they are. Uh, beautify mm. is that really the person or 
or while he was painting and he was thinking about his lover. Right. <laughs> the artist right, or something yeah. like that. You <laughs> never really know. We never get to know. But it's it's our like way of seeing things. So mm-hmm. I always try to be go back to the real sources. Right. So I never just read or quote somebody. I just like to like with the Maleo Maleficarum, instead of reading all these books that people have written about um this guy, this screamer, this crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and I read the book myself. I need to read mm-hmm. the, the primary source and then I can I can read what other people said about it and think mm-hmm. what it's my take yeah. and what it's interesting about it, you know? So uh, one thing, yeah, reading this book, okay, this is a super old book. How did you do it? What is it written in? Is it is it just like written? Latin. It's all, it's no, all no, Latin? No, no, no. no the there is a translation on. Yeah, no, of no. course. But oh, okay. A, no, you did not read that <laughs> Please, in Latin. no. I was going to... I know to... Latin, but it would take me forever to read it in Latin. Um, I was going to say, I was like, jeez. <laughs> like, I, no, feel, I, I feel like anything older than 1700 <laughs> is like impossible to read. <laughs> even then. It's still heavy to read anyway, even yeah. in translation. Because if now I'm reading a book I've written by a, fem- a female author called Il Merito delle Donne, The Worth of Women. And she's a 16th century Venetian lady from upper class. The, the book is very boring. They're always like, the way they write, it's so like repetitive and they use, when you read a bunch of them, they all sound the same. They were copying each other a lot. Oh, interesting. That's, that was part of the literature though, at the time. Yeah. So it was no, there was no copyright. There was no <laughs> uh, originality. You had to build your case by quoting other people, bringing up the same example, agreeing yeah. with those examples or disagreeing. So, and luckily there are, like uh, um, historians and literature who translated these things in other languages. I mostly mm-hmm. read things if I can in the original language. For example, this one is in Italian and I'm reading in Italian. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, for the Maleus Modificarum, I read the English translation. Okay. Um, not the Latin, please. Yeah. <laughs> I just brought up Latin because uh, it's something that we ran into the episode that actually uh, not shocked Evelyn, but she was like, wait, what? It was written in Latin because she was like, okay, it was so widespread. Right. But not everybody could read Latin back then. Right. That was so a she, surprise. Yeah. So she was that like, is surprising. How did that happen? And your conclusion, well, you should answer this yourself. Well, my conclusion is that um, that, that book was used by uh, people who could read Latin, like mm-hmm. uh, it was used in sermons. Right. Sermons were the only part of the mass that was actually in the vulgar language in the language spoken by the people. The okay. mass um, up until very recently right. was in Latin. Actually, so. I used to know some people who would go to Latin mass only, yeah. which is like, like who knows that? Anyway, I know, con- there are some people. Anyway, continue. <laughs> some aficionado of, uh, of Catholic Church. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes, yeah, so the through sermons and, um, and also images. Right. Images were the most important way for disseminating ideas. And when yeah. printmaking was introduced, cheap prints were things that everybody could see. Pamphlets. Those things, unfortunately, don't survive much. But that's how I think that those kind of concepts and idea went from the, the, you know, the intellectual and powerful people to the broad crowds. You know, mm-hmm. they were easily being ashamed. You know, you show them an image of a witch, they would be like, wow. You know, that's yeah. a witch, you know. And then they had like an identikit and they were looking for the first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because at that time, can you imagine? We forget that. Now we have access to images of videos and digital stuff. At that time, they have nothing. Right. <laughs> Just paintings in churches mm-hmm. and these pamphlets, these cheap prints, you know, yeah. things. So And they're just doing their best to piece their world together based yeah. off what they hear from other exactly. people. That was the only way of getting information. 
It's so stressful. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, if I have to say, we don't have to go back that further. I was watching Golden Girls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of days ago and uh, a character came into the set and he was like oh I've been on vacation do you want to see pictures and then he actually pulled out uh, like a, <laughs> like an accordion version yeah. of like you know filled with pictures I don't know how you call it like a yeah. picture like the flip book or something yeah. yeah and then they had to book an hotel and she was like okay I'm going to look for an hotel and then she left the house because <laughs> she was going door to door to oh. hotels in Miami Beach to to book an I was like wow and that's like 80, oh my 90, 85 or something. I was, okay, a couple months ago, I broke my phone and it was time for an upgrade. I had some issues getting it delivered. So I went without a phone for two weeks. Oh, wow. And I was like, I don't know how people did this. Like, and even <laughs> let alone just in the 90s, I was thinking about your comedians, Frida. Yeah. So, you know, like, and I was like, how did people do comedy in the 80s or the 90s? Like, oh no, they went to the building where that yeah. comedy happened and they just hung out there. I was like, what, you, what do you mean you can't promote your show on Instagram in the <laughs> 90s? Come on. <laughs> Honestly, I think I like it the way it was back then more than now. No? No. I'm, <laughs> I am like a fully hyper-stimulated, like, oh, okay. all, all screens all the time guy. <laughs> You're an engineer. That was, yeah. yeah. That was our biggest <laughs> obstacle to start because none, none of us is on social media. Right. So we were like, okay, we have a show, but we don't have an audience. So we, mm. we, really, we really tried our best. And now we're, we're doing this variety of episodes trying to um, get m more people on YouTube that might be interested in what we're watching and then maybe they want to take a look at us and maybe yeah. they like what we do. What we do, we, we had to get a little bit, cr a little creative because yeah. we were like, okay, now what? It's hard. Building yeah. an audience yeah. is like insanely difficult. And like even this show, like a good episode where I get like a lot of listens and I'm like, hell yeah. It's yeah. like, that's like 50 listens yeah. per episode. Like, wow, there's 50 people that listen to Yeah, it. it's like, but that's like, because I have a new guest every week, mm -hmm. they bring in people who want to hear from them who sure, they yeah. know. And then sometimes if, I, if I'm lucky, those people will stick around and listen to a couple more episodes mm -hmm. if they enjoy it. It's just yeah. this like really slowly piecing it together. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a challenge. And like, I can't even imagine starting a YouTube channel, but like you guys, like I will say I vouch for the content. It's really good. It's really fun. Super Thank entertaining. You. If you're listening, you have to go check it out. But yeah, like what, so you, you mentioned for your variety episodes. What are the variety episodes that you're doing? Um, I can tell you the one where we taped. So we watched the Medici and the Borgia. So it's pretty much the concept of Art Historian Reacts 2. Okay. Which we, it was an experiment and, and we loved it. And there mm. were things, little things, you know, you're watching the TV show and she's like, actually, this is not accurate. This could have never been this. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This, yes. And um, and there, there was... Uh, it was occasion for uh, there were a lot of I, I don't know what's the word spunti di conversazione ah. <laughs> Evelyn how do you say that <laughs> there were a lot of um, conversation starters let's call okay. them that way yeah so that was fun then I really wanted to do the episode I really want to do the episode on Instagram back then still live so I was like okay I have an idea and we're gonna do this I already told her like you don't have a choice we <laughs> are going to do that um, we're going to tape that hopefully in the next two weeks so it mm -hmm. will be out soon we will be talking about portraits and Instagram and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But during the episode, we will be taking each other's portrait without letting the other person see what we're doing. <laughs> and then we let the audience see. And then at the end of the show, we reveal what we painted. So she has to paint me and I have to paint her. That would be fun. So that's definitely something that I want to do. And then there were... Um, she, she is a really good cook, I think. She feeds me when I go to her house. Nice. I'm a mother. So yeah. 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 And, and I was like, what if we... 
took a, um, a, a recipe book from the 1500s or 1400s and we Whoa. tried to, to cook something. To cook something. Yeah, we'll so that's that. something that I want to do. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, wanna, I definitely want to do that. And then, you know, I was like, maybe we can do a, a makeup video. Mm-hmm. And we find, there, for anything that I think of, there's an equivalent, there's a counterpart topic that she knows about. Right. So I'm like, what if I do, we do like a fun makeup tutorial. What if you do my makeup? Oh, if you do Renaissance makeup, that yeah. would be so fun and so interesting. <laughs> I didn't even think about yeah, that. We should <gasps> do that. Oh my God. Oh my God. That, and even yeah. a hairstyle. Yeah. Since you have so many. That's a lot. Because I. Wigs. I'm, <laughs> like, yeah, like my, I'm like, because uh, sometimes I show up and I'm like, hey, I have pieces of hair. Can you put it on your head? Because I, and style her up a little bit <laughs> she doesn't care so it's not that she wants her or doesn't want it she doesn't yeah. care but sometimes I'm like can I add a little bit of hair or <laughs> like last time uh, she was like I'm gonna wear uh, eyewear that has a hint of blue because the thing is I do wigs you do uh, eyewear because she loves uh, eyewear okay and she was like, they have a hint of blue. I was like, well, I happen to have a makeup palette that has a beautiful light blue. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, just going to do like a little bit of shading with a, a little light blue. And then it went full on on the entire lid. And yeah. I was like, well, now I need to blend it up with some metallic purple, I guess. <laughs> so then, But the purple was too deep. And then I was like, should I tell her? She, she looked beautiful. She looked like she, she had like two butterflies on her eyes. But I was like, is, I don't think that's what she used to. So at one point I was like, I have to tell her. Like I can't, I can't get to eyeliner without telling her what's going on. So she was like, why? Because she could hear me like laughing a little bit. She could mm-hmm. hear like <laughs> stuff like that. And she was like, how do I look? And I was like, fine. Uh, but it, I'm getting like real carnival vibes. <laughs> <laughs> she literally like spat. And, <laughs> and, and then uh, like, I, I, I fixed it a little bit. And she, the eye, the, the, the glasses like. Uh, hide, we're hiding a little bit of it so mm. you were happy eventually well, but tell, tell them what happened afterwards when I didn't remove my makeup and people saw me we had to go she had to go she, uh, a picnic with her kids oh and other parents <laughs> I mean she does live on the Upper East Side so yeah. that's the kind of crowd and um, yeah and she didn't have time to one, she didn't have time to wipe it off. Two, I think she was she was a little proud of it. She no, liked that she I wanted to different. see the reaction because I was very interested. They never see me with makeup. So. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when you go from no makeup to like light blue and metallic purple, like, yeah. that's a big jump. I was gonna say you're you're quite the contrast between no makeup yeah. and yeah. all the makeup. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we just did that, and it was, and it was fabulous. No, my neighbor. We were waiting outside for my husband. My neighbor came and she's like. Are you taking some uh, shooting? Are you taking photographs? Yeah, you, you look a very having your pictures yeah. taken, right? Yeah, and I'm saying. like, no. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> oh, they were so weird. No, they gave but me a look. My well, tell them, tell them what it, what. It, <laughs> oh my god. Well, my doorman, the look of my doorman when you come dressed like this. Oh my god, yeah, because I, I show up looking. We for, at the beginning we were because I show up with a huge bag with like yeah. A different outfits, different wigs, because makeup. Because I started doing my makeup at her house. Yeah. But sometimes I show up already in high heels, makeup, and stuff like that. Yeah. So every time I show up with different makeup, different hair, and most of the times her her doorman does not recognize me. Yeah. So I'm always like, <laughs> I'm here to see Evelyn, and and their faces is always priceless. Or when I have big sunglasses and I take them off and they I get the <laughs> I get the I get the straight I call it the straight inhale it's like the straight <gasps> inhale. <Yeah. laughs> 
They're like, oh no, is it a man? Is it a woman? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's not a statement. I just, I just love makeup. Uh, yeah. So every single time, it's a, it's a challenge. I, I was, I, I was consider, considering starting to hide a GoPro in my in my hair. Oh, that's... to tape, to tape the face. That'd be oh, so it's funny. Ridiculous. It's, it's really cute. I think there's a lot of gossip about us in the building. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I can only imagine. You come like you, even when you start doing comedy. Like the f- first, I, the first time I saw him do comedy, he's wearing these like eight or nine inch like knee-high boots he's oh, wearing come on it was seven inches and a half okay yeah and then he's got he's wearing a blazer a bow tie and like short shorts and nothing else and that was it and i was yeah. like i was like and we all saw you in the audience and then it was like an open mic and you went up and did a set and it was like this he's telling jokes like who is this person <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know apparently in comedy this is not really a it's kind of a rule that your outfit must be play, must be plain because people are supposed to focus on but even kathy griffin is a comedian comedian that i love and yeah even, she's a fashion person but when she's on stage she's like no just and i reject that <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's fair i think there's like there's like some the like the big rule is dudes no shorts on stage that's well, like i wasn't wearing any shorts those were Spanx. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I and don't know the difference, but I know. Spanks are not shorts. They just okay. like they got more curves. Tape your guts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ah, okay. But it's like the, you're not supposed to wear shorts because it's distracting for the audience. You want them to look at you and not your shins. But like when we're performing like outside in like 90 degree weather, I'm like that's out that's the window. I don't care. Happen. I'm like no. No, that's first of all. I ju- I had just started and I, I'm still new at comedy, so. Like, well, if I'm bombing, at least I have something interesting to look at. Like, you know, it's not just like a plain outfit. And then I started doing that because I didn't have many occasion to dress up. Yeah. And I love dressing up. And I was like, oh, if I'm doing something like that, uh, it's going to be fun. And it became a joke yeah. that I'm doing comedy just because I keep buying new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, really not about the jokes. That's great. That's so funny. I like it's And it's a, like a nice visual change of pace because I yeah. always say it's like, it's like you can spot a comedian a mile away, a mile away, because they're always wearing a bomber jacket, yeah. jeans, and like some type of Nikes. Yeah. And I, I even tweeted this. I was like, if you leave a bomber jacket and Air Jordans on the sidewalk, it will summon a comedian, <laughs> and they will disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Oh my god. So, uh, Frida, you have like you're really into fashion. All this, you mm-hmm. design shoes. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going to get into fashion topics with your show? Yeah. yeah. We're going yeah. to have one show that is called Fashion and Transgression. Fashion and Transgression. Um, fashion was your fashion and excess was your get out of jail card if you were a homosexual back then. You were excused, much the same way I was excused when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were bullying me, they were a faggot, this and that. But when it came to art, if I when they uh, when I was drawing or they were seeing my drawings or I was uh, even my grandfather was very homophobic, but he yeah. would excuse me, calling me artist. You know, he's eccentric because he's an artist. And that was when I was in middle school. That actually led led to a very toxic way of thinking. But in middle school, people were bullying me. And then I remember, I remember so vividly one day I was uh, in art class and uh-huh. I was drawing. And I, and I made this drawing that people thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And two of my bullies came to me and I was like, gosh, what now? And they looked shocked and they were like, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. The You're straight so gasp. Cool. <gasps> Yeah, straight gas. <laughs> and I was like, wait, no insults, no nothing? And I was like, oh. Yeah. And then that became toxic because we yeah. were like, oh, if I'm like an amazing artist, then I will be safe. Right. Uh, which is sad, but kind of true. People excuse you if you're mm-hmm. not. Look at Harry Styles. Oh, uh, true. Like, he's doing all of this now and people are like, oh my God, he's breaking barriers. He kind of is, 
But it doesn't really matter because he has Harry Styles. I'm right. not saying he's totally a good person and I love what he's doing. And I think in the long run, it will benefit us. I'm not against it. I, I'm pro that. <laughs> but pro, I'm like, pro it, Styles. It's pro Harry, Harry Styles. Styles. Like, yeah. <laughs> who's going to like run into him on a Vogue set and like yell something at him? You know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I look like a guy and I wear a dress and I get on the street, like, Harry Styles didn't help that much. Right. So, when you're an artist, you're still excused. And I think you, what you wanted to do, Evelyn, for the episode was the French court. That's where you were? No, no, no it wasn't necessarily. The... Okay. About everything, about how the idea of fashion um, was actually established in the Renaissance. You know, people, it was a way to define your status, your gender, right. and everything. But again, those people that transgressed from that were those that revealed something else. So, and we ended up we will end it up at the court of Louis XIV because it okay. was renowned to be what well, he was the first one who's, who established a global fashion trend. Mm. And also he had a brother who was um, openly gay and dressed up uh, like a woman all the time. Wow. And they excuse yeah. him because he was powerful and, yeah. and the brother of the king, you know, otherwise it would have been beaten to death outside the court of Versailles. Yeah, because it wow. was a don't ask, don't tell situation. So let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. So you mentioned he established the first worldwide fashion trend. Yes. What was it? Well, it, it, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of things, but like um, in the time of Louis XIV, well, he was started, let me, it's a little bit complicated to explain, but okay. fashion started like as a statement in Italy. Because Italy have this luxury industry, it's about silk and um, and also any any type of uh, very expensive materials. Because we were great merchants and artisans since yeah. forever. But then Louis the Fourteen was started of importing beautiful fabrics from Italy. So he started to have all these artisans and and crafts in his own like friends, and he made really friends what it is today, the, the, the land of fashion and perfume. Right, right. Because that started from him. And he, under him, you know, people become obsessed with fashion. They were copying him. And he was a very clever in promoting his image through prints and portraits that he would disseminate everywhere. He also made Versailles a public palace. Everybody was right. well-dressed, was allowed to get in. Whoa. That I was the only that. requirement. Wow. And it was the first magazine of fashion that was published at that time. Interesting. Yes. That's so cool. And yeah. so that's going to be in one of your episodes? Yes. So it's, it was the first fashion magazine. Yes. <laughs> you like how I jump back in fashion. so naturally? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very fascinating. So the, in France was also promoting everything that they created and was the first, uh, the first time in history there was a global market for fashion. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. Wow. It is. You see all the things that she knows? I know. Like when I, found out, when, <laughs> I, when I found out that she knew all these things, I was like, we need to get them out there. People don't know this. I think it's like, it's so true what you're saying is like the, the art history is like so multidisciplinary. Yeah. But people have preconceptions about when they hear art history, they, they roll their eyes. They roll their yeah. eyes in front of me. They're like, oh, history. I'm like, it's fun. Yeah. Like, it's it's about fashion magazines and penises. Like, it's not what you believe. <laughs> no, but also, it's funny that you say I know so much. I always feel I'm so ignorant. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> She's, that's wow. the perfectionist self-harm. No, no. Part. When you are a person who wants to know a lot, believe me, there's so much. And I I try to broaden my, again, you're trained in a certain way. I study, I don't know how many years in my life, Venetian art. Yeah. And then I had to you know, learn about all these different topics that right. are not necessarily related to the contest that I know. So you, mm. every time you feel like, oh, I have to build 
you know, all the knowledge that I'm missing. I have to read this. I have to know this. And it's a lot. And I mean, you always feel like there's more that you, you should do on learn. I mean, you must really enjoy it, though, to be just like always expanding. And I can't imagine how much you've read over the years. <laughs> you, trust me, you cannot imagine how less she sleeps. Yeah. She sleeps like three hours and she's totally fine. <laughs> she slept. I, we had to tape one day and she slept like seven hours and she was destroyed. No, it's <laughs> I'm not used to sleep not anymore. So. Wow. I work mostly at night. I don't know why, but I'm more creative at night. Uh -huh. and, and so, yeah, it works for me. It's a quiet. Everybody's sleeping and nobody calls me. There's no emergency. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wanted to say something that kind of ties together Venice and the podcast and everything. Because yeah. um, starting from w something that is more related to our show is that it was supposed to be a vocal podcast. Oh, really? Because we felt like we weren't ready for uh, a video, even though I thought a right. video would be more fun. Yeah. Uh, because of uh, because I'm half in drag and whatsoever. I thought it, I, I can draw. I hand draw like the opening theme. Any visual effect that you see mm -hmm. on our show, it's, I, I, I hand draw it. Like right. there's no software. So I, it, was, it was nice for me to play with that and experiment with that. So it was supposed to be vocal. We taped it once with our phone yeah. and the quality wasn't good enough. Right. Then we taped it again uh, with better microphones. And then we were like, okay, we're ready. Let's put it out. And then we were asked by Friends of Fai, F yeah. AI, <laughs> yeah. uh, to do a webinar about Venice, which I think is very interesting. And it's in, on YouTube if people want to go and look it up. It's called mm -hmm. Venice. Uh, entrepreneur city or Venice the entrepreneur city okay and it's about what she said which I thought it was so interesting the fact that Venetians were like wait all this we're like in we're like the middle guy for people that are on their way to the holy land yeah let's turn this into tour a tourism business mm -hmm. and that's what they did so we, we we had to tape this webinar which was supposed to be video yeah it was a substitute for a conference mm -hmm. so we had to figure out how to do lighting and yeah. you know so we were like okay then I guess we have to tape the first episode for the third time nice <laughs> and, oh my god! that's how we ended up doing video so that this was a little bit of self-promotion and a little bit of insight it, on it's good though I think the, the video started. is great you have like the good visual elements it's like nice to like when you're explaining a piece to just have it up because if it was audio only you'd be like, be like look yeah, up this because we painting. have images that's what we realized yeah. we, have, we have we have too many images and I swear if you if I was listening to a podcast and like if you check out this painting and they say some Italian title I am not going to yeah, find that painting no, that's what I thought <laughs> too. so th that's great like I haven't I've I have not I used to do a video podcast, but it was like so much extra work that I was just yeah. like, I'm sticking to the audio. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. that's great. I think like also just the, the technical aspects of a project like this is like, you're going to be learning a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we, um, we hope that we will get enough funds soon, maybe for the second season or the remaining. Mm -hmm. we're, trying, we're trying to get uh, some partnerships to try and film in a studio and yeah. uh, upgrade ourselves right. um, a little bit mm -hmm. um, let's so. say that you want to show your shoes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why he wants to be in a studio because yeah, right. in, my, in my living room there's not that possibility <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to get out of this saying that it's not true but it's so I was like no 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 it's about it's not just about the shoes it's also about the lighting and we're circling no, back to the makeup it's not about me <laughs> well I think I'm very brave because I there was one day where I show up to where I showed up to her uh, her place and I had to do my makeup and it's where too I had forgot half of the stuff that I needed, including and this is just like a failed IQ test, 
brushes. <laughs> I showed up without brushes and I was like, what am I going to do? So I did my whole makeup with fingers. I think that's the next episode coming up. And oh my God. It wasn't so bad after all. I kind of I kind of worked my way around <laughs> it. So I am so brave for making wow. this a video because I'm learning to... <laughs> okay, I'm not brave. But I'm, um, the fact of video is that I am... That's when I do my makeup. So I'm learning a lot. Yeah. But I'm also making mistakes that are taped and and are going to stay uh, are on the internet. So th this show is the perfect combination of absolute preparation <laughs> and just someone who's flying by the seat of their pants, but on a deadline. This <laughs> <laughs> is like me failing episode and episode. There's one episode where I, because I shaved my head, but I had long hair. So I glued down my sideburns okay and a couple of times it, and covered it with foundation a couple of times it was successful mm -hmm. and one time it was peeling off yeah but i don't know because we don't have great monitors while we're doing that i have a very small preview of what we're doing so then i brought it home and i was like i look so good and <laughs> i put it on my i put it on on my big screen and i was like it looks do you know the movie death becomes her yeah i yeah, it's actually, I, yeah, I haven't seen it since I was like a kid, so, oh, but yeah, okay. I know of it. Usually, I, I'm used to asking this question to gay people, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all uh, I remember uh, was uh, someone hits her with a shovel, well, and her whole stomach comes out, that's well, all I remember. basically, they cannot die, but they die, so their body starts to rot, mm. <laughs> so they have to cover it with makeup. But at one point, they're, they pe they're, pe they're becoming corpses, that's exactly what it looked like. like you, <laughs> at one point, I flip, I flip my hair, and there's like a piece of my skin like flaking up. Yeah. <laughs> so I tr I was like, should I pixelate that? Because I found out that on YouTube you can pixelate things. I'm like, what am I gonna do about this? And then I was like, it doesn't matter. And I then think history it repeats itself, <laughs> and you're back to airbrushing yourself through the video editor. <laughs> no, I actually don't do that, and I refuse to do that. I'm I'm actually against that. But I think I think that adds to the comedy. I I really do my best. Yeah. To look in a certain way, <laughs> but I think that failure when it comes to makeup and hair and stuff like that it's definitely more funny and approachable yeah. than perfection it's and also very very real it's uh, i grew up being i grew i grew up i'm talking about like two years of my life but when i got into <laughs> makeup and hair i <laughs> i'm a little dramatic when i got into makeup and hair i would look up i would look up to this artist and they would look so flawless and then i started seeing this artist drag queen's life and i was like well they look like me yeah well not a little better but yeah. The pictures and videos too are edited and are airbrushed and i'm like honestly if i will ever have people interested in what i say and they want to come and meet me and they want to have a conversation and they like me and i like them back i think it's called fan base like fans uh, <laughs> <laughs> i just don't want to be too presumptuous but if i had that i would never want to have them think that i'm better than them or that right. you know getting plastic surgery and getting pulled and snitched right so many makeup trends. Honestly, if you don't have fillers and plastic surgery, you cannot achieve them. Yeah. And I disagree. I don't like that. I don't like... Should I name drop? I don't like, <laughs> I don't like singers that sing um, self-worth anth anthems. Is mm -hmm. that a word? Anthems? Yeah. And then they get plastic surgery and yeah, they get yeah, their yeah. Uh, fox eyes and stuff like that. Because that, uh, that's a, a, some sort of betrayal. Yeah, when you grow up having a certain face and telling your mm. fans to believe in who they are, and then they're beautiful, and then you do it. 
So yes, I was going to do all that. Then I found out how expensive <laughs> it was going to be, and I was like, no thanks. I, I just I I never look. <laughs> you make mistakes, and even if even if you're perfect, you're still gonna you're not gonna look flawless. Yeah, and it's fine, and it's funny, and I'm, yeah. and I'm down for that. And I'm, I think that's like part I of the show to. too is like the like there's like little mistakes like, but it's like it's a very human show. The knowledge is very yeah. good. It's very present. Yeah, it's very interesting, and it's also like. Nobody's perfect. You're not like no. you're not you're not producing like a PBS documentary series. No. You're not not doing a Ken Burns on us. Like <laughs> I, I just think that if a woman is looking at me and I have a little bit of five o'clock shade showing up and my scalp is peeling off, she's gonna feel seen and like it's it's not gonna be like oh I'm not I hate mm. that oh I'm not I'm never gonna look like that when women because I have a lot of a lot of my friends are straight women and when yeah. I hear them say oh I don't look like that I get so angry. And I explained to them about hair pieces and face tape. Do you know what face tape is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, for, for people I've watched a know. few seasons of Drag Race. I okay. Know. <laughs> well, basically, you tape your skin yeah. back, yeah. going side to side. And celebrities do that, and it, and uh, no one looks, no one right. looks like that. So uh, sometimes I like to dress as a woman mm. and trying to look as good as possible. So no joke there. Just to prove that the idea of woman, anybody can be a woman if you do all of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that we build. It's something that we build. It's something constructed. You're really bringing some stardom to the show here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I some just, very ex- extra elements, but I love it. I love. I think makeup. Good. Yeah, I think I think we we need to remember that we have to play and have fun mm-hmm. and not take ourselves too seriously. So, mm-hmm. if, bottom line, if my scalp is peeling off, it's totally fine. <laughs> and hear all about it on uh, their episode, Fashion Transgression, <laughs> not yet recorded. <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right well we're kind of wrapping up here mm-hmm. is there anything uh the, like obviously go sh- check out their show framed the real frame the real framed on instagram i'll put all the links in the description thank you um i can also throw that webinar you were talking about in oh, the episode description awesome thank you um is there like as for like art history is like for let's say like total beginners who are kind of like dabbling into this is there any other sources you would want to like plug or throw in here or people can look in and learn more about this these type of field besides your show obviously <laughs> no <laughs> no okay well, fair. The, the <laughs> thing, well yeah, i mean I, it's very ex- difficult i yeah. mean you can there are very serious and beautiful documentaries of course that yeah. i can recommend but something light and fun i never found it that's it's, why it, it's more that it number one it really depends on your own interest right yeah. and number two if you refer to if if the subject is the content of our show and you're like what what's the source there's no as we said before evelyn does a huge a huge research yeah. and then patches it, it up so we we have an episode it's called the premise so we kind of let people uh, get to know us and we we address that question because yeah. people go to evelyn and they're like oh what can i read and she's like well first you have to study for 20 years and then <laughs> you know she it's so there's not no, our we, show, our but show. we give recommendations, say yeah. bibliography. I yeah, will, I will try to do that. Definitely. Okay, and um, we can also recommend movies. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. we we really want to stress about our show. Talk to us, like ask us, ask us questions. If you want to mm-hmm. know something, ask us. Or if you have feedback, oh, if you think we did something wrong, we said something wrong. Or you know, we we are very very open to feedback. We do not take offense if if you have suggestions for improvement. Like mm-hmm. I thought that piece was boring i think this format could be we we don't give we don't care mm-hmm. tell us we exactly. are all, we're it's very a learning open process to, if yeah. you want to know more if you thought we got something wrong tell us tell us tell us mm-hmm. 
that's great. Yeah. The open dialogue is yeah, absolutely. what makes it. So yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Um, Everyone listening, go check out uh, The Real Framed on Instagram and watch their show Framed on YouTube. It is really good. I know you're going to love it. I'm definitely going to tell my mom to listen to this episode. (laughs) She'll be so into it. (laughs) Yes, it's for everybody. All right. And thank you guys again for coming on. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. You know what it is. Don't quit your day job. I'll catch you all next week. Bye.